vaccine mandate insanity. I'm upset. We're about to talk about it on I'm Right. We cannot require someone to be vaccinated. That's just not what we can do. Needless to say, the right of women to make decisions about their own bodies is not negotiable. No, definitely not. You don't want to mandate and try and force anyone to take a vaccine. We've never done that. Our interest is very simple from the federal government, which is Americans' privacy and rights should be protected. It is a matter of privacy to know who is or who isn't. We don't want to be mandating from the federal government to the general population. It would be unenforceable and not appropriate. Perhaps the federal government should step in and issue mandates, and if not, are you putting the needs of unvaccinated people ahead of the needs of vaccinated people? I think the question here, one, that's not the role of the federal government. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory. But calm down. Because now it is mandatory. Now it is official. Today, it came down that as of January 4th, businesses with 100 or more employees will be fined $14,000 per infraction for everybody who is not vaccinated. That's approximately 84 million people. And before I go into Fauci and how they've lied and everything else right now, I just feel like everybody needs to know something because too many people do not know something. You are an American citizen. You are a free human being. You have been given a lottery ticket in life just by being born here. You are not a serf. You are not a peasant. You are not a pleb. You are not a slave. You're not, you're, you don't have to do what these people say. The president of the United States is not a king. He does not have the authority to tell you you must take this or you're fired. Your governor never had the authority to say your job wasn't essential and your job wasn't essential. These scumbags don't have any legal right to treat you this way. Don't let them. If you're not vaccinated and don't want to get vaccinated, walk away. Break your scumbag employer. Rebel. Now is the time. Now is the time because this never ends. I tried to tell everybody this back on day one of the lockdowns. Oh, it's just 15 days. I said, don't do it. They don't, they don't even have the authority to do this. Don't do this. They're never going to let you go. I tried to tell everyone, but it was 15 days and then two months and then a vaccine and then the booster shots. And it never ends. This never ends, ever. Five years from now, you'll be showing your vaccine passport to go eat. You Oh, well, you got to show little Johnny's vaccine passport, too. He's only four. Did you get your booster shot? Oh, looks like your vaccine's expired. You cannot comply your way out of this. Start rebelling. These are terrible, evil people. You don't have any, any obligation to live under them. In fact, I will tell you, you have an obligation before God to stand up against these people. People losing their jobs all over the place. People finding out today, right before Christmas, sorry, got to go find a new place to work. And all these stupid Lickspittle CEOs out there, okay, Mr. Government, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. What happened to this country? What happened to us? We used to be people who would fight 
over stuff like this. Now, we allow them to hand out these dictates and then get caught everywhere. No mask on, partying it up. Remember Obama's birthday party? Woohoo! Laughing in our freaking faces, just rubbing our noses in it. How they get to do whatever they want. You, you're fired if you don't do what they say. No, 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 no. You're an American. You're an American, and that means something. And even if it doesn't mean something to you, at least acknowledge it meant something to the people who went before you. People died so you can be free. People died. They gave up everything, entire lives, so you could be free. Land of the free is not something you sing in catchy songs, not something you just talk about briefly on the 4th of July. It means freedom from tyranny. It means you get to live your life as you see fit. It means if you don't want to take a vaccine, you don't take a vaccine. That's what land of the free means. Back in December, we were told, we were told 70, 80% of the country, if they're vaccinated, that would, that would let it go. You would need somewhere between 70, 75, maybe 80% of the population vaccinated. The number that I've been using, again, it's an it's a estimate. Um, uh, you can make an extrapolation from other infections. I say between 75 and 80, 85% of the population. If we get that, we would develop a umbrella of immunity that would be able to protect even the vulnerables who have not been vaccinated or those in which the vaccine has not been effective. You can get that kind of immunity with that percentage of people. Oh, but they lied, didn't they? And I have explained this before. Allow me to explain again. All these gigantic vaccine companies, they're currently spending a fortune, an absolute fortune in advertising. We'll get to that in a minute. And lobbying. Why would they be ramping up their lobbying efforts? Allow me to just go ahead and spoil this for you. Let's, let's go ahead and fast forward to where this is going. Don't be naive. Don't be a sheep. This is not going to be reserved for 100-plus employee companies. This is going to be every company in the United States of America. OSHA is already saying there's going to be a, how they put it, 30-day commenting period on companies under 100 employees. The goal here is to force this on every single American, adult and child, and force this on every single American every year. Don't you dare think it's going to be two shots and you're done. That Vax passport on your phone they're going to want you to get before you can fly? Oh, it's going to come with an expiration date. Ooh, sorry, sir. Looks like you didn't get it updated in time. Mmm, sorry. Don't be naive about where this is going. This never stops. There's no expiration date. There's no way you can just do one more thing and then they'll let you go. They'll never let you go. There's too much money and power invested in this now. And now, let me tell you what you're about to see. Well, they got all these adults, right? 75, 80% of the adults, where they're looking at your kids like a hungry wolf looks at a wounded lamb. All those kiddos out there, think about all those Pfizer bucks we could be getting. So you're about to get blasted on every single news channel sponsored by Pfizer about how dangerous coronavirus is for your kids. Oh, my word. Little Bryson might die and just fall over dead tomorrow. Might fall over dead tomorrow. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. Here's this little ad. 
getting ready to fight COVID. All of us want to be superheroes. And the most important heroes are those that help others. This year, thousands of kids like us around the world joined the COVID-19 vaccine trial. Kid power. And when they did, they became all superheroes. Ah! To all the kids who volunteered, we'd like to say... That's the kind of propaganda they're pouring out there now. That's what they want. And how many susceptible people out there right now are falling for that crap all across the country? This is evil and it is wrong and you should not comply. You have an obligation before God to fight back against this crap. And look, parents don't want it. Parents aren't stupid. 69% of them are concerned about side effects, as they should be. 32% are waiting to see if it's safe. 30 don't trust the government. 24 aren't even sure if their child needs it. Here's Joe <coughs> coughing in his hands, telling you why your kid has to get vaccinated. We've already sent millions of doses, excuse me, <coughs> millions of doses, and millions more to come by next week. These doses will be available at approximately, excuse me, <coughs> I beg your pardon, I swallowed wrong. Will be available at approximately 20,000 locations around the country. How's it working out so far? I mean, we have a preview of how all these vaccine mandates are working out so far. Sanitation in New York, they got about 20% of the people who aren't showing up. There's trash everywhere. And you know what I see? And this is, I'm somebody who loves New York City. I think that's beautiful. Pile that garbage up. Quit. Walk out on your job. Call in sick. That doesn't just apply for New York. That doesn't apply to sanitation workers. Call in sick pilots. Nurses, cops, firefighters, manufacturing, no matter what you are, take your lickspittle pathetic employer and break them in two for their disgusting weakness. Listen, listen to this person. This is Mayor Bill de Blasio. Listen to this person. Every mayor in America, every governor in America, every CEO of a business in America, put a vaccine mandate in place so, Joe, to you your know, question, uh, if someone doesn't, well, we're, we're giving people a chance to recognize the science, recognize what's healthy and right. They don't get vaccinated, they don't get paid. That's how we're doing it. And a lot of people are waking up and saying, wait a minute, I need that paycheck. And they're coming in. Several unions have been, in my view, downright unpatriotic the way they've handled this because they have put their own internal politics ahead of the needs of the people. And by the way, we've got, we've got some firefighters who are faking sick leave the last couple of days, saying uh, they're sick when they're not, and then leaving them. their fellow firefighters in a lurch and creating a danger for all New Yorkers. That is unconscionable, yeah. and I assure you they are going to experience some consequences for what they've done. Listen to the tyrant threatening the peasants. Consequences. Oh, we won't send you your paycheck. Listen to these people. 
And there's a new mayor of New York. I know people are all, all happy today. Oh, de Blasio's gone. We got Eric Adams. Don't think anything's going to change. Get loud, get louder, make them hear you. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now we have my friend, my mentor, the reason I get to talk to you in front of the TV camera every single day, it's this guy. His name's Michael Berry. He's an outstanding nationally syndicated radio host. He's going to join us next. He's going to talk about Rand Paul. We're going to talk about a lot of things with, with my friend Michael Berry. So make sure you stay tuned for that. But hear me out. I know people are worried about insurance costs because who isn't worried about insurance costs? It's everywhere. You know there's a faith-based group out there called One Share Health and that when you sign up for One Share Health, you get vision, dental, you get all the things you normally get and you get outstanding choices and outstanding prices. And again, I want to reiterate, faith-based. Call. Or go to, I'm sorry, go to myonesharehealth.com slash Kelly. That's myonesharehealth.com slash Kelly. And when you use the promo code Jesse Kelly, you get $75 off your enrollment fee. Faith-based, outstanding coverage. Save yourself some money with amazing options. Myonesharehealth.com slash Kelly. Promo code Jesse Kelly. We'll be back. I know you're the most grateful person in the world because every day you get to sit down and watch me on the television every night. What an honor for you. What an honor for you. But I want you to know there's someone responsible for all that. The reason you get to hear me blather on on the radio and then, and then speak so eloquently here on the television is because of a man by the name of Michael Berry who calls himself the czar of talk. He is a big-time nationally syndicated radio host. I didn't give him that nickname he asked to be called the czar of talk. So joining me now is my friend and mentor, and the only reason I'm in this business, the czar of talk, Michael Berry. Michael, thank you so much for joining me for the first time ever on my TV show. Thank you. And how do I answer the phone every time you call? <clears throat> You've reached you the czar. He, does. he rolls his eyes. I can hear him rolling his eyes. He does. That's actually true. Every single time I call him, he answer, answers, this is the czar. And every time I yell, but he keeps doing it. All right, Michael, I want you to tell everybody about the first time you got to meet me. Well, um, for people who don't know your long and illustrious story, I don't know if you remember this part, but uh, there was a story about people being trashed for what they had done in the past. I can't remember the exact details. But someone had mentioned that this had been done to Jesse Kelly. And so we tracked you down and you came on to our show and you had been a congressional candidate in Arizona. And uh, your reputation had been smeared, not in one race, but two, coming very close to winning. And I immediately, Ramon, my, my producer, and I immediately said, this guy is a media star and I don't even know if he knows it. You were pretty cocky back then, but not quite as cocky. And as everyone knows, because you take great pride in it, as you should, you were selling RVs at the time. 
And there's nothing wrong with that. It's an admirable thing to do. But I said, this guy's a media star. And I immediately started telling you, dude, forget selling RVs. You need to be on TV. You need to be on the radio. And here we are today. You're on Tucker Carlson's show every other night. You're on every radio broadcast. You're nationally syndicated. You're, I mean, look at you. Look at Just look at you. You got makeup on. I mean, <laughs> you got your own makeup on. By the way, I asked your makeup people if they would put makeup on me, and they put the makeup in front of me. I said, I don't know what to do. I said, you put Jesse's on. They said, we're under contract. I said, forget it. So if I look bad, it's because I don't have makeup on. Michael, the makeup, the guy you thought was a makeup guy is a dude. Dudes don't put on makeup. Women put on makeup. You don't ask a dude to put makeup. You know what? We're going to set that aside. All right. Look at me. You do actually look terrible. This was my big chance to get my own show on the first. Look at me. There's crinkles and crinkles. I'm sorry. We're going to play you a cut of Rand Paul interrogating Dr. Fauci today. Here it is virus that doesn't exist in nature and it made mice sicker mice that had humanized cells you're saying that that's not gain-of-function research according to the framework and guidelines so what you're doing is defining away gain-of-function no. you're simply saying it doesn't exist because you changed the definition on the NIH website this is terrible and you're you're completely trying to escape right. the idea that we should do something about trying to prevent a pandemic from leaking from a lab there's the preponderance of evidence now points towards this coming from the lab, and what you've done is changed the definition right. on your website to try to cover your ass, basically. Until you accept it, until you expect accept responsibility, we're not going to get anywhere right. close to trying to prevent another lab leak of this dangerous sort of experiment. You won't admit well, that it's dangerous, and for that lack of judgment, I think it's time that you resign. Thank you, Senator Paul. Michael, why did Dr. Fauci get as far as he got? Why didn't he get fired by Trump or Pence or whoever right away? Because Fauci gives this air of, of expert. And we live, as you've said many times, in the era of the expert. And there is this idea that we commoners, we don't know like the those who live in the towers do. There are experts on the environment and experts on health and he's an expert on health, and you just sit quietly and, and accept what he gives us. But you know, Jesse, i got to tell you a story, and I don't know if I've ever told you this. 2012, uh, New Hampshire. I'm, in, I'm there in the, in the gym after the debate, and Rand Paul's not a great debater because he's not a great speaker. And here is this diminutive little Rand Paul, and he comes into the gathering, and nobody wants to talk to Rand Paul. And I remember thinking at the time, Rand Paul should be a bigger part of the national conversation. He has absolutely owned this issue. On the judiciary, Ted Cruz. On health care and, and this pandemic, it's, it's, uh, it's Rand Paul, Dr. Rand Paul, and his dad before him. You know, we do, we do this disservice in creating celebrities when you have guys that may not be as handsome or as, as clever at a turn of phrase, but have so much more substantive knowledge. Rand Paul is a national hero, and this last two years has proven that. Mm -hmm. Oh, he, he is. He is. You know what? We don't give him enough credit. I need to give him more for how awesome he's been and making Fauci look like an idiot in front of everybody. All right, Michael, the big news of today, I just freaked out about it at the beginning of the show, is this mandate. And, Michael, I just can't believe we're at a place in this country where we're going to have mass firings over a vaccine. It is so unjust. It is so un-American. And I just I cannot believe this is where we are now. Look. 99% of your Twitter page is absolute puffery and uselessness. I can't figure out why it's gone so viral. But 
You had something very clever to say this week. And that was, you posted a picture of when Sully had just landed that plane and the people were clinging to the wings and your heart goes out to that. And you said, we trust a man to take that big bird into the air and more importantly, to put it back down in the water and save all those lives. But we don't trust him to make his own decision as to whether he gets the vaccine or not. We give a man or a woman a badge and a gun and say, you can shoot somebody with the power of the state, but you can't decide whether to shoot yourself with the vaccine. Nurses get to make life or death decisions. This has got to stop. This nonsense has got to stop. And we're seeing it with athletes. That's who's going to turn the table. You know this. Celebrities drive everything. Not bulging. But celebrities drive everything. And now that the celebrities are pushing back, I think we're turning the corner on this. I really do, Jesse. Okay, Michael, what what chance does a person in a blue area have? You and I are blessed to live in Texas. People don't realize this, but Michael's actually about 30 feet down the hall from me right now. So you're not going to get a mandate. I'm not going to get a mandate. But there are people out there, good people stuck in blue states. What chance do they have? What chance does someone in New York have right now? Well, for the record, I'm six foot tall and a quarter inch, and Jesse's like 7'2", which is why we're not in the same studio, because I refuse to be look, look like a midget. You know, I, you've said it many times. It's time that, that people in blue states move out and make red states redder. I don't know if that's the answer, but Jesse, I got to tell you, I mean, you know, we, we laugh and we joke and we provoke and, and we fire people up. But at, at heart, you and I have had a lot of heart-to-hearts off air, and you really feel bad for people. Cops losing their jobs. It's all they ever wanted to be, like my brother was a cop. Nurses that are caretakers losing their jobs. Workers at plants that are being offshored because it's too expensive to run a business here. And, and it's, it's you know, at the end of it all, it breaks your heart. Good, honest, decent people are realizing you can't run from politics anymore. It's showing up at your doorstep. It's showing up at your employer's office. It's showing up at your small business. It's showing up at your kid's school. And the only way you're going to stop it is to smash these people in the mouth. That's all they understand. Michael, why would the Biden administration push forward on today, on a day like today? It's Thursday when they're less than 48 hours removed from getting just pasted in Jersey, New York, Virginia. It seems like such a nonsensical move, doesn't it? Why do something so unpopular when you're clearly unpopular? Well, same reason Gavin Newsom is pushing uh, 5 to 11-year-olds to get uh, the, the vac- a vaccine mandate in San Francisco. Uh, it's an attempt to distract by turning us against each other where we're fighting against each other rather than focusing on a border that's wide open a Keystone pipeline that's closed up while Biden is begging OPEC to give us more fuel. Uh, all these other things that are a distraction. And by the way, look at what the Fed's doing. We're about to watch a grinding to a halt of our economy because the Fed's going to have to raise interest rates. It's coming. And when this happens, all at Christmas with the vaccine mandate that takes effect next month, you're about to watch. When kids have to explain why Santa Claus didn't visit and they had a good year after they've been locked in, it's terrible. Add to that a new report coming out that kids are watching their TV screens too much or their computer screens too much, all a result of these lockdowns. It's about to all come to a head, Jesse. You and I both know that. And if you think what happened in Virginia was a bloodbath, it's going to happen across the country. And that's going to be a big wake-up call to the Democrats. They have given their party over to the far left wing, and they're going to have to take it back. Yeah. I agree. You know what? That was pretty profound. I'm going to say exactly that on my radio show tonight and give you no credit for it and act like I came up with it. And it's going to be it's going to be awesome. (laughs) Michael Berry, everyone. Thank you. I'm proud of your career, (laughs) my man. I am very proud to have supported you in the early days because you are a rock star and I love you.
Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thank, I owe it all to you. Thank you. Good man right there. All right. Cybercrime. You just, you just heard him talk about computer screens. Here's the truth. Coronavirus lockdowns or no coronavirus lockdowns, we are more online now than ever. It's an online world. And cybercrime, as a result, is picking up because that's where the people are. That's where you are. I didn't even know that home title theft was a thing. I genuinely didn't know it was a thing until I got my own home title in my email that showed my signature on it and my wife's signature on it. And wow, that was quite a wake-up call. Your home title is online, and these thieves will hack into it and forge your signature on it, take a loan out against your home, and you'll have to pay the loan back. Sometimes it's four loans. It's a big deal. Go to HomeTitleLock.com right now and make sure it doesn't happen to you. Go sign up. They'll detect any tampering and shut it down like that. HomeTitleLock.com. We'll be back. You're not done celebrating about Tuesday, are you? I'm not. Remember, remember, life gives you plenty of mountaintops and plenty of valleys. When you get to the mountaintops... You know a valley's coming again soon. Take a minute up there and enjoy the view. Breathe in some of the air. Tuesday was a great night. A great night. And it's not because I think you live in Virginia, although I know we have a bunch of viewers in Virginia. It's not because you maybe live in New Jersey. New president of the state said it in New Jersey. He's a Republican trucker with no money. Just, just ran for office and bounced some established, established Democrat. New York City Council seats. There were, there were win after win after win for what we believe on Tuesday night. And it's not because of the individual locations. It's because there is building a national pushback against this insanity. And that's what we need. And the best part of that is this. These people, they don't understand what happened or why it happened. And I, I need to explain why. You see... We talk about bubbles, people living in a bubble. You exist in a bubble. But I really want you to understand what it's like if you're a politician. Let's, let's use Joe Biden because he's the biggest one. Joe Biden's president of the United States of America. So you would think, you'd have the impression in your mind, he must have people coming to him all day long and they're, they're, they're bringing him various reports and polls from here and he's got numbers from here and questionnaires from Iowa. And it, so he's uniquely connected because he's the president. He's got all these people, right? But that's not true. You see, he's president of the United States of America. He does have people around him, but they're all committed communists and they all live, work, and, well, they don't worship, but they live and work in Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C., I believe, is 94% Democrat. I'm not kidding. It's, it's, it's the bluest place in the world. So these people all around Joe Biden, responsible for bringing Joe a cup of tea and the information on why things are going poorly, <clears throat> how would they know? All they see everywhere they go is more confirmation about how right they are on everything. When they go online, when they go on social media, they're hearing about how they are so right about all this and so right about all that. Oh, everyone loves it. I don't know why people are saying Joe Biden's unpopular. All my friends on social media say he's very popular. When they sit down at night and they turn on NBC, CBS, all they're hearing 
is stories and reports that reinforce everything they already believe. When they go out with their friends on a Friday night, going out to a restaurant, maybe a bar, they're hanging out with people, a couple cocktails, they're talking to only people who believe everything they believe. If you're Joe Biden, or more specifically Joe Biden's staffers, you have to purposely seek out information that disagrees with you. See, you, you're on the right. You don't have any idea what that's like. I don't have any idea what that's like. If you're on the right, you're barraged by opinions that are opposite of yours everywhere you turn. You can't turn on the news. You can't watch a movie. You can't go on social media. You can't even watch sports without getting waterboarded with this leftist crap. So you're uniquely in touch with how they think. They don't have a clue how you think. So when you go to Joe Biden after a disaster like Tuesday, and you ask him, uh, what happened, Joe? He didn't know. People are upset and uncertain about a lot of things. From COVID to school to jobs to a whole range of things and the cost of the, the, the gallon of gasoline. And so if I'm able to pass sign in the law, my Build Back Better initiative, I'm in a position where you're going to see a lot of those things ameliorated quickly and swiftly. So, so that has to be done. Given what you said, do you take some responsibility, and do you think that Terry McAuliffe would have won if your agenda had passed before Election Day? Well, uh, I think we should have should have passed before Election Day, but I'm not sure that I would be able to have changed the number of very conservative folks who turned out in the red districts who were Trump voters, but maybe, maybe. He has no idea what's going on. That's reality. All right. We have Kira Davis joining us next, but let me, let me talk to you heart to heart here for a second. Are you in debt, credit cards, loans, whatever the case may be, you got $10,000 in debt, 20, 30, 40, 50, whatever that number is. I understand what it's like to get yourself in a financial bind and think there's no way out of it. Because that's what it feels like. When you're barely getting by, you're just making the interest payments, it's trying to get by. I, I get it. I totally get it. Do me a favor. Make one phone call. Total Financial Freedom, they've been doing it for 15 years. And after that 15 years, they have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They just want to help. In some cases, they're cutting people's payments in half, in half. Make one phone call. You're not going to get any judgment, I promise you, on the other end of the line. There's not, not going to be any of that, oh, what an idiot, I can't believe you. There's none of that. All you're going to find is people who want to help. They want to help. Give them a call. 877-332-8291. Mention Jesse Kelly and you'll get an extra something free. Call them today. We'll be back. This more palatable Republican who still uses the same racist themes that Trump did, he just packaged them in a soccer dad sweater vest model. He's found a way to launder a pretty racist trope, this idea that we cannot talk about America's history because it hurts my feelings. 
He's turned that into a campaign. White voters do have anxiety about a changing America, right? That it is blacker, it is browner. You've got the Republicans yelling like, hey, look, the black and brown folks are coming for us. Some Republican candidates are perfectly willing to use race as a motivating factor for their base. That has gone on for decades and it happened this year. Race is just the most palpable tool in the toolkit used to be of the Democratic Party back right. in the day when they were Dixiecrats, and now of the Republican Party. This is about the fact that a good chunk of voters out there are okay with white supremacy. White supremacy. Joining me now, the editor-at-large of Red State, Kira Davis. Kira, it's honestly like these people are all just programmed, and they're about two inches deep, and they just don't have anything else. That's all they have. They don't have a way of critical thinking, analyzing anything. It's just that they have one mode. Well, I think it's really interesting that the, that you showed all those clips of them accusing Republicans of being addicted to race and being all about race and and all they want to talk about is race because they know that it motivates their base. And that's what the Democrats do every day. That's all they talk about is race. Race motivates their base. When they start losing on the issues like school choice or vax mandates, what's the first thing they do? They pull out the race card. They start screaming about racism. So part of the reason why we're always talking about race is because race is a is a platform of the Democrat Party. So it's it's just massive hypocrisy for them to say that, oh, Republicans are just obsessed with race. And whenever they need to win, they go back to the to the issue of race. When every single day on every single issue, Democrats talk about race. For goodness sake, Jesse, they tell us that the climate is racist. They're obsessed with race. They, they are. Kira... I'm not naive enough to think it's never worked. It clearly works on some level because they use it so much. Is that fading away? Is it just is it, is it is it something people are so numb to now that it doesn't work anymore and they just haven't pivoted yet? Or was this just a race about education? I think this was just a race about education. You know, I've always been of the mind that race issues do bubble under the surface, even when times are seem good or calm for us. So I don't believe this will ever go away. It is, of course, it is a, a winning issue. And, and that's why part of the strategy has always been to keep us divided, keep us angry at each other. Because if racism gets solved, you know, if we solve this for good, then there's a whole lot of people who are going to be out of business and there's a whole lot of politicians who are going to have to run on ideas and outcomes rather than uh, racism. So Democrats are never going to want to give it up. And frankly, um, Republicans are going to be doomed to be responding to racism all the time uh, unless they decide to pull it together and start looking at what is winning in this country. And that is issues like education, issues like parental freedom, bodily autonomy, medical freedom. Those are issues that are winning issues in this country that don't need to involve race at all. And in fact, I think Republicans need to get used to the idea that Democrats are always going to be pulling this strategy. So take the Youngkin approach and don't even step in it. Yeah, amen. I have a, a, C, a PBS reporter here. I can't speak today. Yamichi Alcinder. I, I enjoyed this question to Joe. What should Democrats possibly do differently to avoid similar losses in November, especially as Republicans are now successfully running on culture war issues 
and false claims about critical race theory. What's your message, though, for Democratic voters, especially black voters, who see Republicans running on race, education, lying about critical race theory, and they're worried that Democrats don't have an effective way to push back on that? Kira, <laughs> culture war. The Republicans have always campaigned on taxes and spending. Culture war is a winner, in my opinion, for us. I've never been one of those conservatives that has felt like we need to leave the colder wars to the social groups or, I mean, there are a lot of conservatives and of course libertarians who will tell you that, oh no, we should just focus on taxes. We should just focus on fiscal responsibility. But I believe that our, that the great John Adams said that, you know, our constitution is built for a moral people. So social issues absolutely do fit into what we need to be fighting for because those things do spill over. And also, Jesse, just the same point I was making about race. We always talk about this, these issues uh, regarding how, what Republicans should be doing and what they should be talking about. But Democrats run on social issues all the time. It's all they have. Abortion is a social issue. How come it's only a problem when Republicans run against abortion? Then it's a social issue. But Democrats run on abortion all the time. That's a social issue. Criminal justice reform is a social issue. Gay marriage is a social issue. They run on them all the time. We only ever call them social issues when Republicans decide to take them up. Kira, I'm uniquely steamed today because the OSHA ruling came down and everybody knows we're about to have a bunch of more unemployed people come January. And look, we see what's happening in San Francisco. You have to have your child vaccinated in order to go inside and eat a meal. As I've been explaining to people, this is coming for everyone across the United States of America. And it's coming every single year if these people actually, actually get their way. Yeah, that's why it has to stop here because, you know, the, if we don't draw the line here, it will never end because we're already, we just barely got this vaccine and we're already talking about, well, you know, maybe you're not fully vaccinated unless you have a booster. And then next year, what's it going to be? Well, you need your second booster and your third and your fourth. And by the way, since the flu is starting to be pretty bad, how about we mandate flu vaccines? If it doesn't stop here, it never stops. And the only way to, there are two ways to make this stop. One is through elections, which we saw the first, I think, heartbeats of that this week. But the other way is to simply not comply. And I think we're going to see a lot of people not complying. And until it begins to cause a lot of problems for the powers that be, that want the trains to run on time, we're, we're going to have to wade through this, but I think it's going to take a lot of brave people to just stand up and say, I will not comply. We'll see if there's enough of us out here. Kira, obviously Tuesday was a rough night if you're a Democrat. There are rumors abounding that Nancy Pelosi and many others are going to retire. We have Democrats going on the record in places like New York City saying they got their butts kicked. It's a bloodbath. Okay, so now this ruling comes down. Why full steam ahead if you're the Biden administration when you are very clearly unpopular and you know this isn't going to be popular? You know, Eric Erickson had a really interesting thing to say on Twitter recently that I've kind of held close to me since he said it. 
he had an idea about this that the reason why they're doubling down, even though it seems pretty unpopular in most places, you know, you have those liberal pockets where they just love to be in bondage, but in most places, this is really unpopular. The reason why is because they're committed to the narrative. Joe Biden ran on, I'm going to defeat COVID. And they came into this administration on the idea that the way we will defeat this is through lockdowns, is through mandatory vaccinations, is through forcing Americans to get healthy and never catch anything again. And it doesn't work, obviously, but that's the narrative they chose. And they truly believe that it can work if they can just be forceful enough. They're totally committed to winning this because they said they would win it. And this is the only conceivable way to them in their minds that they can win it. They just think they need to push harder. They need to, it's just like, I don't know if I, if I have time here, just but I saw a documentary once about the guy that built, that, that the architect of the Berlin Wall. And believe me, there was, it's crazy, but there was actually an architect for that wall. And it, it was a it was an interview that was taken in the 1990s. It was this old like East German guy. And he obviously was very mad that the wall had come down. And he said, we had to build the wall. We had to, because when socialism came to East Germany, people kept trying to leave. And we had to find a way to make people stay so that they could see that socialism worked. And if they all left, they wouldn't be able to see that socialism worked. So we had to force them to stay, and then they could understand over time that this was the best system. This is what they're doing to us. They're erecting an, a Berlin wall around us to force us to see that their methods will work if we just sit still long enough. Kira Davis, everybody. Kira, thank you so much. Thanks, Jesse. All right, we got light in the mood. Next. I love a good troll job, especially when it comes from powerful, important people like elected officials. Do you remember back when Biden and Harris won the presidency? Won the presidency. And of course, they did this staged phone call between Kamala and Joe Biden. We did it. We did it, Joe. You're going to be the next president of the United States. <laughs> That's tough to listen to, isn't it? Anyway, remember that, right? Winsome Sears, she's the new lieutenant governor of Virginia, the Marine, this lady's awesome. <laughs> one has to appreciate when the new lieutenant governor of one of our most powerful states understands how great it is to troll somebody. She put this meme up on social media. <laughs> ah, that's good stuff right there. God bless that woman. I hope she continues to kick butt and take names. All right, we got a great special for you tomorrow. Stay tuned.